Hello world and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer and you are listening to the podcast Coulda Woulda Shoulda where I focus on not living in regret and forming high functioning habits. I want to inspire you to transform your thoughts for a happier and higher functioning life. We are what we think and we get lost in limiting beliefs. We don't eat well, we don't take charge of our money, manage our commitments and then wonder why we are stressed, overweight, in pain and unhappy with our lives. I haven't met anyone that can't change their mind. That's why I always say, see you on the flip side, as I want to journey with you on coming out the other side. Side of what you might ask? Well, that's up to you. Good morning, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to the show. It is a gray, raining, disgusting day in my corner of the world today, I have to say. But tomorrow I get to get on a plane at the crack of dawn, I think before God's actually awake. I'm not that early of a morning person, as you can tell, Um, to go visit some friends in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it may not be beach weather, but at least the sun is shining and it is uh, not freezing and wet and gray. It really can harbor the, um, lower the mood when you are just in grayness all the time. And that's what I want to talk today today about, actually, is the environment to which you place yourself in hugely affects how you cope in life, manage, and see the world. I posted a a saying on Facebook this week, a girlfriend of mine, I had it on her timeline, I snitched it. It says the following, you are the books you read, the movies you watch, the music you listen to, the people you spend time with, the conversations you engage in, choose wisely what you feed your mind. This has always been very true but it's also been a very true reality for me specifically the last number of years uh a couple of things let me give you some examples there's a show on tv called criminal minds it's been going on for probably close to a decade if not maybe longer i don't know it's been on the tv forever i've always admired how that show's writers manage to deal was some of the darkest subjects you can imagine of man's ability just to be evil and cruel and I mean they hunt down serial killers they're they're a part of um, the the FBI or something that does criminal uh, analysis uh, psychological behavior analysis used to love it always enjoyed it because I just felt that they you knew what was going on but they didn't put it in your face you know they're they just the violence wasn't just laid out in front of you graphically you just knew it was happening uh, but they've always handled it very respectfully however even that just the topics after a few years I realized that if I watched the show just before bed I dreamt of it I had nightmares it disturbed my sleep it disturbed my train of thought my dreams my meditation So I got in the habit of ensuring that if I'm going to watch it with Keith, it was 8 o'clock so that afterwards we could watch something light and fluffy. And that was okay for a while. But actually, even then, it got to the point I couldn't watch the show at all. Now, part of this was definitely myself. I had or have been really working to become more aware in the last, you know, couple of decades. I, I believe in keeping an open mind and learning. I mean, we don't know what we don't know. Um, and so my awareness just came to the, came to, to the surface and I realized this was something I couldn't put in my mind 
going to bed at night. And that has affected a lot of what I watch at nighttime as far as TV. It affects my dreams, like I said. Books are very similar. I have taken, I talk about it quite often about having a, a, um, a subscription to Audible. I download books and, and my car has become like a, a training room for me the last five years. Before that, I belonged to a network marketing company and I had a subscription to, what was the name of the magazine? Um, ah, that's, it's just left my brain. doesn't matter. It'll hopefully, Success Magazine. Sorry, Success Magazine. Darren Hardy is a huge uh, contributor to that. I, he might actually own Success. I can't really remember. I'm sorry. With my subscription to Success Magazine came DVD uh, CDs that you could put in your car. So I really got into the habit of listening to live interviews and educational material. So it's not like the Audible CD was something new. It was just the catalyst was slightly different. And when I left that company or when it kind of just all fizzled out like a lot of network marketing companies tend to do, I noticed that I wasn't learning. I wasn't doing any self-development. And then, of course, I got sick with fibromyalgia and two years, you know, just went by trying to find our feet. And I really noticed when I started to bring myself physically up and out of the, the pit I had managed to land myself in, that mentally and emotionally, I wasn't, I wasn't out of the pit yet. I really felt that, uh, especially mentally, there was no networking going on. There was no learning going on. And that's when I, I discovered Audible. So I was doing it before. It was a habit, a really good high-functioning habit I had before. Life circumstances changed. I dropped the habit, found another way to, to, to bring it back into my life. And what a difference. It's a little bit as well like going to church, which I actually did this last week. It's been bothering me lately. I've been feeling a little bit that my spirit has just been starving a bit. I grew up going to church twice on Sunday, every Friday night, and often to Bible study or, or choir practice during the week. Church was a huge part of my life. To the point that as when I got older and realized that, you know what, my faith was solid. I wasn't going to change my mind despite how I look differently at things now and have some issues with how I was raised and how black and white everything was. How uh, the word I'm looking for is just doctrine. Like, you know, you just... just the black and white of it is just really quite ridiculous in a lot of ways. I rebelled a little bit, but I also came back to a realization through, you know, search and, and, uh, and such that I was okay with my belief system. But I found I didn't go to church every Sunday anymore. And I was okay with that as well. It didn't really affect my overall belief. But it's like eating healthily. When you do it consistently, you feed your body. What I started to notice was that I was letting certain aspects of things into my life, including people, that I just probably wouldn't have it in the past. Now, I love people for the most part, but you know what? There can still be people in your life that maybe just shouldn't be there. Everybody in your life doesn't have a right to you. You should pick and choose the people that you spend time with and the conversations you engage in, just like the saying says. Well, what I found was my faith is still very important to me, but it wasn't being fed in any way other than my own little bits of meditation or biblical readings. I wasn't around other believers. And you know what? It doesn't matter whether it's, whether it's biblical principles or life principles. The adage still holds true. Where two or more are gathered together, the Bible says, there shall I be also. 
I truly believe that that works in the world no matter what. That's why mob mentality still proves that scripture true. In the fact that energetically, when you like is with like, it exponentially builds on itself. So if you attract good things into your life and good people, you will probably attract more good things into your life and more good people because it's your normal state of being. Whereas if you are always negative, you have a lot of negative people around you, you allow people in your life that abuse you, you will keep attracting that. Now, the reason I bring up the Bible today, actually, uh, just as a little segue is, I'm listening to this book, uh, 12 Rules to Live By, I believe it's what it's called, um, something Peterson wrote it. He's a Canadian, he's a uh, clinical psychologist. It's quite fascinating. A lot of it's just common sense. A lot of it is, a, you can get a little bit dry at times, even though he's a brilliant storyteller in other areas and makes me laugh. He brings up the Bible a lot. And what I haven't been able to figure out is, whether he believes where he uses the Bible and honestly it's kind of indisputed in our culture is this he says you can say you're an atheist you can say you don't believe in organized religion you can say you don't believe in God but the psychological socio fact of the matter is that for the past 2,000 years the Bible has been our moral compass doesn't matter if you went to church or not, pretty much everybody knows what the Ten Commandments are. And I thought that was a very interesting insight on his part. So it really doesn't matter what race, religion, it doesn't, does not matter anything about you in North America. Our entire society, legal system, everything is more or less based on biblical moral principles. Whether we acknowledge it or not, and when he gets into sort of the psychological side of things and uses a lot of the stories in the Bible. He's a, uh, the parables. He's a, like I say, he's a really good storyteller. Even though when I say the comments about sometimes it's a bit dry, it's just that when he gets into statistical information, you, it can, you can kind of get a little overwhelming and your mind can sort of wander while I'm, while you're driving, at least for me, because I tend to listen to these things while I drive. And sometimes I miss things. So I always find it interesting to go back and listen to a chapter again. That's why I listen to books over and over again. You never know where your mind is checked out. Uh, where you got distracted, or whether you're not relating to something in the story right at that moment. So you're not paying attention to it because we are wired, hardwired in the brain, to only see what is relevant to us. Million places this is this relevant. Let's look at marketing. If you are a white Anglo-Saxon female and see an ad on a billboard that is strictly black men, you will not relate to that service. Same deal if that picture is full of white women for, say, an exercise class, and you are a black female or of any other ethnicity. I'm just using the, the black and white because it's so black and white. It's so obvious in your head and you can visualize it. So you've got something so diametrically opposed from each other in skin color and in gender. So they say in marketing that that is what happens. So businesses that have had non-inclusive marketing um, have noticed that when that changed, their businesses went through the roof. People need to see themselves in the situation. And it's unconscious because, you know, I have to admit, I am definitely one of those people that don't see color really strongly. I, I was just very lucky that way, raised without a lot of biases and stuff. And uh, I really just, racism just drives me crazy. I just I will never understand it. But anyways, however, 
I still do notice when I'm the only white person in a room or the only, sometimes, and the only female, you notice those things. Or if I see an ad and you're in a different country and you notice there's no white people in the ad, it's just kind of strange. You don't, it's almost not even a conscious thought unless you know to look for it and which I do. And then I notice it. Otherwise it kind of just, I kind of glosses over your subconscious mind is amazing. What it sees and chooses to see. So back to the point actually of all this is like attracts like that was the whole point of this exercise is we see what we re we see ourselves in situations. We relate to people that think and feel like we do. We tend to attract that around us. Now, your life and body and subconscious is going to do that unconsciously for you. The trick and a huge part of this podcast about not living in regret and having high functioning habits is to make choices that bring you consciously into circumstances and around people that will build you up and change your path. But back to the church thing is, is like attracts like. So when you are with other believers, there is a certain uh, synchron synchronicity, <laughs> the word right? Uh, a common goal, a common theme, a common belief. It's no different than people that talk politics, religion, when you're with the girls on a girls' night out versus with couples at, a, at an event. All of these sort of things all kind of tie into the same theme here, okay? So I just had felt I had a need and I went to church and I actually felt better. I always do. I always feel uplifted. We just, we have a, actually, I, there's a little Lutheran church at the top of my street. I wasn't raised Lutheran. I was raised Pentecostal, very full, full gospel. And she's a woman as well. Because, so I was raised with only male uh, preachers. Women weren't allowed to be ordained in the, in the Pentecostal church when I was growing up. So it's very sexist as well. And Pastor Jennifer is just lovely. She's uh, she's a good storyteller, and she's got a lot of common sense, and she's she's very granola. She's very earthy. I like that about her. Um, she even brought in gluten free bread for communion, which I just really appreciate. <laughs> she's just very a very thoughtful type person, and she, people relate to her really really well. Well, when I'm there and around like minded people, then I believe even stronger that the the spirit of God is there. Okay. This applies to so many areas of our life. So we talked about my TV shows, really disrupted my sleep, books that we read. Now, something I, you know, we all learned when we were younger, a lot of people did anyways, Harlequin romances and porn for boys, they're as damaging to each of the sexes as the other. Just be really clear on that. And unfortunately, I was an addict to them. My mother let me read Harlequin romances from the time I was 11 years of age, so I had a very skewed attitude on reality. Um, and that can, can change then into uh, not just reality of what love and relationships looks like, but later into sex. So we always kind of get a little bit harder line on boys and porn. But nowadays, if any of you are huge readers and have dabbled a lot at all into erotic fantasy, Ladies, our, our erotic fantasies and our books are basically the, the male porn version of stuff out there. And it gives you, creates in your mind, a false sense of reality. Then you look at your partner and your husband and go, this isn't going on in my life. And then seeds of discontent start to root. 
So be very careful what you fill your mind with. Now, I'm not against escapism because everybody knows I love a good trashy novel. Like, it's just, you know what? When I'm on vacation, I've already got them downloaded. But I had to be careful that I wasn't crossing a line for me. Everything is sort of about your line. I'm okay with a certain amount of fantasy because I am very rooted in reality. I am, I'm good. I consider that a stronger aspect of my personality. It might not be for you. For me, I'm strong in that area. But you start getting a little more into the erotic, into the left-to-center sexual escapades, and yes, that can start disturbing my spirit. It starts affecting my reality. And how I got into a couple of these books was they were just given to me. I had someone that used, whose husband used to model for the covers of them, Romantic Times, and she got me into uh, some authors that I really enjoy. And then I had belonged to Kobo, the books app, and they lately have been giving away tons of free books the last few months, uh, usually new artists or new writers that are wanting to introduce you to their series, that sort of thing, or their writing style. And some of these, when I downloaded them, were like, oh, oh yeah, that's just, they're a little much. And you get a little bit addicted to them. So that's when I had to stand back, you know, quite quickly, actually, just like I say, fairly strong in this area in my life to say, you know what, there's one thing, you know, that besides a, a romantic trashy novel or a period piece or whatever, and just straight up, for me anyways, eroticism that really doesn't sit well with my, with my psyche. So be careful about what you read. That is why for me, I tend to read a lot of uplifting, teaching, mind-opening stuff. I'm usually just looking for someone that tells a good story and has a good grasp on the human psyche and human nature. You, it doesn't even have to be sex that you can fill your mind with. You could start reading books that are filled with just a lot of racism and hate and religious discord, um, discontent. You can fill your mind with books and TV shows that are just always about the negative. My husband got me into watching The Walking Dead. Finally, he watched it for years on his own. And I was just like, I'm not watching zombies. Like, I got no thank you. But then I watched a couple episodes and realized it wasn't about the zombies at all. It was about people and how they react in situations. And that I found fascinating. And I loved it for about three seasons. But the last couple, and this season I haven't watched at all, I am just so done with people behaving badly. It always, you know what? Children, we raise them to be contributing members to society. They do not come out of the womb that way. People, in a lot of ways, I find, can be very damaged and, when put in bad situations, behave poorly and, and behave badly. It is mankind's ability to be more that has driven civilization. There's a great story in, the, um, in Peterson's book where he talks about cavemen killing the mammoth and how, you know, a wolf makes a kill and he gorges himself. There's no concept or thought of saving for later or de um, having delayed gratification or, or denying himself something so that he can have food later. You make the kill, you eat, Bob's your uncle. Mankind has the ability to reason. So he tells this cute story. I'm a, not a great storyteller, I apologize. So it's probably not going to be as amusing as when he tells it, but he says, we killed mammoths. We killed a lot of mammoths. Maybe we killed all of them, he says. <laughs> but you kill a mammoth and you realize that's a lot of meat. And 
you're not going to be able to keep that meat. There's no refrigeration back then. So depending on the time of the year, you know, winter, yes, can be frozen, can be smoked, can be cooked. But a mammoth is pretty big. So the concept of village mentality and, um, you know, sharing so that perhaps, you know, I've got all this mammoth. I can save some so I won't be hungry in a week. I can then maybe share some. So maybe when that person in a month or two from now kills their mammoth, they'll share some of it with me. These are not things that come naturally. They are things that evolve in our social structure. We make choices as human beings to behave a certain way, to raise our children a certain way. That's why it's so easy to influence a child, so easy to brainwash a child into becoming a killer by the age of nine because their minds are malleable. It is our job by the age of four to create children that understand the concept of no, good social behavior, and getting along well with others. That's really your job as a parent. I'm, I'm a huge firm believer in that, and that is how I structured my parent raising for sure. He makes a good comment in a different story about how, you know, don't let your children do things that annoy you, or no, don't, do, don't let your children do things you don't like. Because his attitude is, if you are letting your children misbehave and you don't like it, other people aren't going to like it either. And then they're not going to want your children around. So your children are now p children that are excluded from play dates and excluded from having friends on the playground and excluded from birthday parties. And then they get older and they have, have not learned to socially adjust. So they become outcasts and they become social pariahs. Like it just kind of builds on itself. So it is very important to raise children that are socially adjusted and understand the concept that there is a greater good. You know, it is, it is very easy to hit first and ask questions later. It is very easy to have an attitude, especially if you've been burned, of uh, it's all about me, you know, to be very narcissist. That's easy. And it's why without the right, you know, circumstances, a lot of people from children onward just you know end up a bit lost and unable to function and why there's so much corruption in the world whereas if you can raise our children and you can even change your mind as an adult that there is more to life than just you that we work better together as teams and as villages and that the greater good is a benefit to all these are things that first world nations and societies that you know are building a better world hold dear doesn't mean there's not corruption and bad things in every in every society but again sort of back to that reference to the bible you can say you don't believe but the bottom line is north america is built on the principles of the ten commandments you know thou shalt not steal thou shalt not kill thou shalt not covet you know blah 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 shall not lie these are pretty basic principles and that is where we get this stuff from and no one's really seeing that change coming to a change anytime soon we've adapted them as our own rules but the bottom line is they still had a source and he just sort of acknowledges that so that's you know talking about books and movies and mu you know even music i remember when i was younger i was listening to prince and up until that point i really i was like my 1920s 1920 years i was struggling with my faith and and um rebelling there is one of his, I think it's this Purple Rain album, there is some really hardcore darkness on that album. And I one day just took the cassette, yes, cassette, 
out of my car, ripped it out, ripped this, and threw it in the garbage. It was affecting me emotionally. I wasn't thinking good thoughts anymore. I wasn't thinking happy thoughts. Now, that album is not to blame, okay? I'm just saying there were influences in my life, and I was letting things that were what I like to call my happy sunshine place uh, that were not making me happy and sunshiny, okay? And I had to look. Now, lots of people can listen to all that stuff, and they're totally fine. Most people can't. I have a really dear friend in the neighborhood, and he listens to the most angry, hard-acid rock. He is the nicest guy you ever want to meet, and I would trust him explicitly, him and his wife or whatever. Best friends, and uh, their children call us aunt and uncle. I love them. His taste in music, I lose my mind when he gets the playlist control in the backyard by the fire. It is angry and violent, and it just upsets my spirit. He just looks at me and laughs. He goes, shall I have another beer or whatever? It, it doesn't seem to affect him that way. It's, there's something in it that he enjoys. So, it's, you know, to each his own. But that's the point, to each his own. There are certain things that we know psychologically affect pretty much everybody. You know, if you put hate and stuff into your mind on a constant basis, you're going to hate. Very few people can rise above bombardment like that. But lots of people can handle things at certain levels. Know yours. This is really about what makes you happy. There is a million viewers on North America that watch Criminal Minds before going to bed and are not psychotic killers and probably don't dream about it all night. I do. Therefore, I had to change. Okay? Now, conversations you engage in. Last thing I want to talk about. The other thing I did this week, because I really made an effort this week to, to put some of this saying into practice. I went to church, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Then I ensured I went to my ladies' meeting. And I got to tell you, January in North America right now is tax season, especially in Canada. Um, payroll taxes, I have clients. It's a super busy month, and I'm very run down right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. In fact, I was just at the doctor, and he looked at me and said, what are you doing? I said, it's January. He goes, yeah, now go away and sleep for a week on your vacation. Read a book and don't move. It's, it's good. I actually get to do that. I don't golf or do anything on this week except hang with my girlfriends. So I'm going to go rest, but it's been a really busy month. So I didn't really want to go to the meeting on Tuesday. I only just joined this networking group last November, just before Christmas. I've only been to two luncheons. The October one joined in November, wasn't one in, in December. But I knew I needed, I work at home, I knew I needed to get out. And I really wanted to surround myself with other women that were inspired in some aspect of their life. And so for me and for lots of other people, this is important. For me, it's important because I work at home. I'm not getting that social input from being in someone's office every day. I also need the positivity. I do a podcast every week, guys. You're my listeners. On not living in regret, you know, not having, having good habits. I really felt it was time to surround myself with some really strong women. So not going to the meeting would have been, one, not living up to my commitment. I committed to being there. It didn't matter that I was tired. But I also wanted that energy, and I'm so glad I did. First of all, a young lady that I met before Christmas who's a voice coach, uh, she was the special speaker, and she gave some spectacular insight into using your voice and uh, how to control it and some uh, exercises about voice. It was, it was great. Plus, she brought a girlfriend, and she sat beside me, and she was, you know, had a new business and was a young mom, 
she was just a delight to talk to over lunch. She was just, just lovely. She does essential oils in a really big way, uh, not just sells them in a business, but she really puts a lot of emphasis on training and education. And I really just appreciated that about her. We're, we're competitors actually in the oil business. I'm Young Living, she's doTERRA, uh, but that's irrelevant. It's the essence of the holistic approach that I just loved. And there are just some really amazing women in this particular group. Plus, it makes me happy. I do miss downtown Vancouver, and we meet at a place called the Sylvia Hotel, which is this, you know, old school boutique hotel right down on the beach in English Bay. So the environment just, it just, it feeds me. I'm not going to lie. I miss getting dressed up and going downtown. I, I, you know, I worked in the city for so many years, but... That's been gone in my life for a long, long time. I just enjoy getting dressed up, having great staff look after me, show my appreciation, have a good meal, have these strong, amazing women tell stories, whether they're positive or, or they're needing some support. Just being immersed in that is just food for my soul. So those are the things that I did this week after I posted this in my Facebook groups. And I'm so glad I did because it changes how I think about the world and how I think about my life. I do struggle with feelings often of depression and uh, maybe not so much worthlessness, but um, that life really just isn't worth living sometimes. You know, it's just, it overtakes me at times. I, I wish I didn't have these thoughts, but the deal is my attitude is this too shall pass and I have enough habits in my life that I remove myself from that valley as quickly as possible. I do not dwell there. I do not pitch a tent and I certainly don't build a house. Okay. That is the point of me sharing with you is just to remind yourself that your life and your consciousness are yours to control. Your subconscious does not need to run everything. You do have a choice. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you again for joining me today, and remember to focus on not living in regret. I invite you to subscribe to my show so you don't miss a thing. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at either High Functioning Habits or Living Well with Shell. And I invite you to leave a rating on my show about what you like best or message me with something you'd like me to speak on next. Remember, willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan.